Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. It's that little chico pit boom, Mr. 305, but it said Mr. Worldwide. You already know what it is. Listen to my new podcast from negative to positive. Subscribe today. Now, part of the things that we're doing over here at negative to positive is encouraging people to change their lives, change the things that are within their power. I want to thank our good friends at KFC for helping me bring this to you. Feed your whole crew with KFC. Let's go. I can get the KFC bucket of chicken and you know, that's fire. Now, Bobo, you know that you could get that mac and cheese, that mashed potato, gravy, those biscuits. Now, that's that's trouble right there. That is fire right there. You know, on negative to positive, we're always talking about striving and achievement. And, and the Colonel Sanders story is, is a story that inspired me since I was 10 years old. Look how life comes full circle. Now I'm talking about Colonel Sanders and Kentucky Fried Chicken and how much I love it. <laughs> Listen to my new podcast from negative to positive. Check out the vodcast. Subscribe today. Apple Podcast. Podcast One. Spotify. People notice a healthy smile, but maybe you have tooth sensitivity, bleeding gums, or acid-weakened enamel. Sensodyne, Paradontax, and Pronamel are trusted specialty toothpastes created to help improve your oral health. For tooth sensitivity, choose Sensodyne. Bleeding gums, get Paradontax. For acid-weakened enamel, Pronamel is the toothpaste for you. Sensodyne, Paradontax, and Pronamel. Trusted specialty toothpaste to help bring home your healthy smile. Visit Ibotta to earn cash back. Hey, Collider fans, John Roca here. If you like my show, you are going to love Rob Has a Podcast on Podcast One. Rob's sister, Nino, is kicking off the new season of Survivor. Check out the biggest Survivor podcast on the web with the king of reality TV. Check out Rob Has a Podcast every week on Podcast One or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. We begin today's meditation with a few sipping exercises to remind us a little treat can go a long way. So pick up your McCafe iced coffees... Close your eyes and deep sip in. And deep satisfaction out. <sighs> Take a treat retreat at McDonald's. Right now, get a McCafe iced coffee in any size and any flavor for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price of participation may vary. We'll get back to your music shortly, but first, did you know that prescription prices are different at different pharmacies? You could literally drive across the street and get a different price. That's crazy. But with GoodRx, you can instantly compare prices at every pharmacy in your neighborhood and save up to 80%. You're probably thinking there's a catch, right? Nope. It's 100% free and can save you money whether you have insurance or not. In fact, it can often beat your copay. Download the GoodRx app today and start saving. GoodRx is not insurance. A title and slightly less time to wait for Avengers Endgame. And I've seen Aquaman, so as our guest, we're going to give non-spoiler thoughts all about it. And DC TV is blowing up every universe uh, in a theoretical uh, non-spoiler way. Elseworlds happened on TV. And it's so big. It's so good. It's so much. And we will have a special guest here to talk about it with us. LaMonica Garrett is going to be joining us. But first, Dorian Parks is back. What's up, guys? Welcome, everybody. Thank you, guys. What's up, man? Dorian of Atlantis, who is wearing more Atlantean gear. Aquaman swag. I got a jacket as well, but it's pretty hot, so you know. Gotta gotta (laughs) leave it off right now, but it's pretty dope. It's in the car, man, but I'm not going to wear this. It's, it's hot. <laughs> the it's sound too, design it, didn't yeah, work. It, it was yeah, a lot. It would have been muffled. You would have been. I would have looked cool, but it was just too many lights. Black. It would have been super it. hot. 
Imagine it. <laughs> Fan art. So Dory and I have Tweet seen, us. we're not going to spoil it, or nothing. Literally, we'll be the carefulest about spoilers. Amy hasn't seen it, so we're not going to do that to poor Amy. But Dory and I are in the, the the defense, so we'll be talking about how excited we are for you to see Aquaman. Yes, sir. After we talk about it finally happened, bro. So when the when we like when I saw that trailer, or like the I got a notification because they they were like it's going to drop this week, it's going to drop this week. I literally had all the Marvel accounts, every like news source, like just when is this this week? And I finally got one. I was like, bro, let's do this. <laughs> I sat there and just like like for like twenty minutes, just rewatching, rewatching, rewatching. It's, it's such a good teaser, and it didn't give anything away either. Just like you like it's perfect. Hands down, it's my favorite thing about teaser. it. Mm-hmm. I was like, I need this trailer to drop, and I need it to tell me nothing. I wanted and I was no, like, gift from heaven. I wanted nothing. Remember, I was the guy that was like, give me no ad campaign or give me a montage. Give me a trailer that doesn't give me a title somehow and also give me a montage of tears. <laughs> I wanted nothing. And then the trailer did an amazing thing where it made me feel warm and fuzzy because it reminded me and I got a few more minutes with my boys. But it also gave me nothing new. And it also tied in the entire arc of Iron Man in 20 seconds. He's wearing the shirt, uh, a shirt like the one he's wearing in the cave in Iron Man 1. Yep. He delivers a line of dialogue delivered to Pepper in Iron Man 2 to the mask. And he is lost in space, trapped alone like he was afraid of being in Iron Man 3. It deals with his PTSD, his love of Pepper, and the reference to Iron Man 1 in 20 seconds. It is masterful. Bro, the, like they, like you said, just so many layers to this trailer. Like, if you look, Pat, like, this is, it come, it's coming to an end. Part of me, like, I was so sad inside just because we've been on this journey for about 10 years now. And it really, like, this is this is going to be it. Like, hopefully, I, I, I hope we, we don't lose Tony or Steve. But, bro, you know, at least one <laughs> of them, at least one of them is going get, to get that hand by Purple Michael Chiklis. But, um. Can we talk about Ronan? Bro. Because that costume translated so much better than I thought it ever could. Yeah. That moment in the trailer because I love the costume but yeah, it's yeah, a yeah. very comic-y costume. Mm. He's got a giant gold-rimmed hood and it worked. Uh, <laughs> like I did not mm. think that would translate. So him turning around and it looks like he just did some stuff he never wanted to go back to. That moment and Scarlett Johansson really just is the heart of this trailer. Every time she's on screen you like want to know what she's seen. She's like good at acting. Yeah, yeah, pretty, like good, a, you, pretty good at acting. I don't know if anyone has noticed this. Uh, but you know so so there was, in, that's a good reminder, like there was a little bit of new stuff. It was stuff that we sort of guessed at. It was stuff that we were like, oh, you can fill in some dots as to what is going on in Jeremy Renner's eyes. Also good at acting. Um, mm, you may guy, have noticed. Oscar winner. Um, uh, and other than that, so what do you think of the, the title? I love the title. I do too. Uh, they planted the seed in Age of Ultron, which means they planted the seed years ago. Because not only do they say it in... Infinity War, Tony Stark says it when he's talking about at the end of days when he's talking about uh, Ultron. He literally says, like, that'll be the end game, blah, blah, blah. So I love that they've literally been building to this. I, yeah, I don't know if I 100% believe that they did that on purpose, but I'm willing to accept it as canon now. Well-oiled machine. Because also, because I know there were rumors, like, it was potentially going to be titled Avengers Annihilation. And that was also, um, Scarlet Witch also said, like, she looked in Vision's head and she saw Annihilation. So uh. that, like, there could have been, that. I think it could have gone either way. But I don't know if, how I feel about them, like, hype, like keeping it the, the title away from us for so long for it to, I don't know. I, I didn't think it was, like, worth the... The reveal, I, I, you know what I'm saying? Like, what you're saying. It wasn't it, worth it, the, a year of hype of no, just the, tra- the just title. the title. It yeah, didn't 100 yeah, yeah. percent make sense that it was like, and now a pretty good logical title for this next movie <laughs> that doesn't reveal much. It's not Annihilation or Fantastic Four are here. Like it doesn't. <laughs> but like, would we really want it? Like, they have so much work to do with this movie. I don't need massive left turns. I yeah. just need them to land the ship. Like, and it, you know, this trailer. 
I, I once again just sort of inspired confidence because it was like right okay it reminded us all of emotionally where we are it didn't like even a lot of the stuff that we know or can reasonably guess are going to be interesting developments they're letting that stay out of the trailer for now mm-hmm. um you know other people whose movies are coming etc <laughs> um and like that would have been i i love that they did that because it's just like i don't want to have that gut punch now mm-hmm. in december and then wait till april which is now april yeah so why what's with the shifting movie dates this is a thing where i need like industry friends to be like Explain to me why, just like with these last couple movies, they're like, just kidding. We told you that date ages ago, but it's wrong. It's I think, I think partly, I, I remember last year they said that it was moved up uh, the, moved up a little bit just so it can it releases all on the same internationally everywhere. Yeah, I think so it's a like, worldwide yeah, release wor- wor- instead of... Yeah, worldwide release. So, so, like, let's say America, we get it first, and we don't want, you know, people going on Twitter spoiling stuff, so but somebody like in another country... between six months ago and now? I think they just set up dates in the other parts of the world, like, two years ago, yeah. and now they're just adjusting them to line up to one i mean I so could basically be wrong. the like they're a little more willing now to be like it's going to come out then ish and we will nail it down when it gets when really it gets close yeah. yeah what i'm interested to, to find out about is how did scott get out of the quantum realm so that scene is the talk of the town yeah it <laughs> says archive in the top left and they also cut when she's when cap says is this right now mm-hmm. there's a cut before scarlett johansson says this is the front door that no one's talking about Ooh, i, I think that's a mislead that. they very craftily shaped that scene that scene definitely takes place over at least two minutes because the scene when he asks and then the scene where she answers are different and that top left corner is archive mm-hmm. so either that's a flashback to the past he was at the door earlier or maybe a time travel with what we're playing with. And there's an option that he's a scroll, which people are talking about, because that hope- smile is very, very not like the trailer. So it either could just be Scott being Scott or could be more. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited that, and, I, and some people were, were mad about that, but I'm like, you don't know what, you don't, don't know, know what, what they're is. teasing, you don't know anything, like, the, we've gotten so many, there were so many misdirects in that, in the Avengers Infinity War trailer that didn't even, ha- like, weren't even in the movie, so you don't know what they're, and you don't, you don't the, know what they're doing. The, the nesting doll rule of movies, they can't do anything in this movie that demands that we have seen Ant-Man and the Wasp. Right. Like, they will make it really fun and rewarding if you saw Ant-Man and the Wasp, but, like, it... You know, they are going to just, if you didn't, if you skipped it, then you're just like, hey, it's that guy from Civil War. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, they, so they're, they're playing to all levels of the audience at once, as they are very good at doing. What do you guys think of that very long hold on the word rescue? While he's in the air, and Gwyneth Paltrow may or may not have leaked a picture of her in a character named I'm, I'm thinking, because at first I was like, maybe Captain Marvel will be the one to, like, she's just flying around come, and comes and saves him. But I, there was, like, a, a if you freeze a frame on one, one of them, it looks like Tony starts, like, looking up like he's seeing something coming uh-huh. towards him. So I think it's I, rescue. I'm, I'm pretty sure. I'm, literally what else? like, no what hope else? of What rescue? else could it be? <laughs> I see. Okay. So someone tweeted us, and they were like, isn't that a weird way of, of phrasing that? And I do think, like, that's a pretty ordinary way of phrasing that. Oh, I don't that. think it's a weird like, way of phrasing I didn't, it. I didn't find that as a, like, oh, clearly there. Like, if it is a, an indication of that, it is a very subtle one. Um, but also, I'm never going to argue with that because I super wanted that to happen in, which was it Iron Man 3, where she, like, almost <laughs> she, do it. She like, had almost powers. Do she story. They're like, eh. Um, and they're like, which, of course, comes from that Fraction Run and Kelsey DeConnick wrote a wonderful one-shot. And, like, that. I, so I'm, I'm very into that. Uh, and it would be a nice payoff to the, like, I, I would enjoy it as a dynamic, but I am excited to have it potentially come as a surprise. 
Now, this is the craziest conspiracy I heard, and I really liked it. I'm not validating it. I'm not saying I believe in it, but I love this conspiracy theory. Along with my last week's, I think they're in another dimension that I just dropped at the end, which is my theory for Avengers 4. What if Cap in the trailer is not our dimension's Cap, and that's the beard tell? Like, what if clean-shaven Cap is a different dimension's Cap? And that's the beginning, because he's in the Winter Soldier outfit again. He's clean-shaven again. Once again, I'm not saying this. I'm saying I read it and went, eh, that's hmm. clever. I'm, I don't know. Like, that, that seems like a stretch, it's but a it's a, I'm, I'm, I'm down. I'm willing. Like, that's, that's, I'd be down for that interesting theory. I mean, you don't know what they, they could do with this, so you, you never know. And I, we don't I would have a Wolverine around to be like, you smell like the wrong dimension. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Like, there's so many different ways, so many different ways what they can do with, the like, cross dimensions and all that, the quantum realm. You don't, we don't right. know what, what they could do at all. So I'm just trying to be optimistic, trying to, trying to hold off, be patient, hold, like, it's, it's ridiculous how long we have to wait until, not, not, we don't have to wait super long, but it's, it's after this trailer, like, I need this movie tomorrow. It's six months, and we know so little that I'm literally like, what if that's not even our cap? Like, I love that we're in such blindness that we're just throwing stuff at the wall. And I love the, that they used imagery from the... The things we know, like the Winter Soldier outfit, like the Hamlet-esque Iron Man, all these things, without telling us anything about the movie, because it, all it did was remind us, like a trailer should, why we want to watch the movie, not what the movie is. And my boy Thor, just they had him in that, that eight-mile pose. He's so sad. <laughs> broken Odin Just a son. broken man. Just... Just broken, man. I mean, and I love, like you said, that no one from the the, the dusting was in the trailer, which I really appreciate. That's going to be thing. interesting, though, because we're going to talk about this later. But the, how are they going to mark? They're going to market in game. We're also going to have Spider Man, uh, Spider Man Far From Home. Like, how are you going to market though at there the same time? That's going to be interesting. Generation of kids that is about to learn the concept of compartmentalization <laughs> or cognitive dissonance. Like, I know you're going through it. It'll be okay. Um, we're very sorry. Um, read Infinity Gauntlet. I've been worried about Sony for a while because their movie comes out like a month and a half later. And they're like, how do we advertise this dead uh, Yeah, guy? how do you? And it, it's, it's supposedly supposed to pick up like minutes after Avengers 4. So it's just like, okay, what Okay, you- I'm sorry. Did, how are we worried about that? Could you have any better advertising campaign for your next Spider-Man movie than like... The world is mourning Spider-Man. The movie that's about to shatter every record might be where you get to, like, Mm. get him back. And, like, what possible better advertisement could you have for spend some more time with Spider-Man? Like... And Sony doesn't have to do any, like... They don't have to spend any money on marketing. They, they, all the hype from Endgame will just lead into... And transfer right yeah, over to... Yeah, just transfer right into... I just so, meant they're going to have to show the character of Spider-Man alive, and that's going to confuse those kids. I was giving the yeah. suspension of disbelief no credit. Yeah. Uh, but I really liked this trailer. I liked that it didn't give anything away. I liked that it brought us back to the world that we left. I really liked that it set a tone of drama, and it didn't show any action, because, you know, they just wrapped recently. <laughs> and I also liked that it reminded us that the horrors that happened in Infinity War are what we're going to dive back into. It didn't play light. The one Scott Lang joke, I think, is a mislead. So I, I think it's a really interesting tone to take the trailer. Now, they do... They have an interesting mission here because they have to... Like, I get the impulse to sort of emotionally pull us back to these remaining original Avengers. Um, but they do have this sort of beautiful expanded world, a lot of which is missing right now. But, like, I saw a lot of people on Twitter being like, where are, like, certain people who survived in Wakanda? Mm-hmm. And, like, they, they have to serve both... That, like, structurally, yeah, you want to retreat to your originals. But you also have realized in the intervening years that, like, your universe needs to have room for more stuff. So you really do have to serve both the intimacy of that, the structural needs of that, and make sure that you're not, like, leaving everybody outside. Like, yeah. 
and speaking of the the people in Wakanda, there was a there was a scene that had Shuri like in the in the voiceover saying like the, the missing people were like the dusted people, and in in I'm pretty sure Angela Bassett a while back said her and Shuri did survive the snap. So I, either that was just they put that in the trailer just as a, another misdirect, or during reshoots or something like that, they were like no. And they sure made that movie up. carefully, and we they put some solid like emotional. Like, it's not a lot of time, but we spend time with Okoye's face, which means you need to follow that up. Mm-hmm. It doesn't necessarily need to be in this first trailer because they're starting small. They're starting contained. Mm-hmm. But, like, you know, I'm just saying. Also, Get the rule there. of comics, if you don't see someone die, they're not dead. So I think she's sometimes actually missing. Like, sometimes they are. My, my theory is, like, Shiri is, she, she'll become the queen of Wakanda, and while they, they give her the, the, the plant to, to give her the super strength or whatever, she, she visits the astral world, and she's like, wait, T'Challa, where's, where's my bro? Like, I see, my, I, see my, I see my father, it's but where, where's T'Challa? And then she comes back, she's like, oh, maybe he's not, oh, my bad. Maybe he's not dead. Maybe, like, what, what's mm-hmm. going on? And then that, that leads her back into the Avengers world and that's how like we go from there tying the soul stone to the astral world i love that yeah so that is the avengers endgame trailer it's big it's a lot but we have so much to talk about biggest news week we had to like trim and cut and go through so in the world of dc dorian and i yes sir i'm gesturing at the abs you can't tell we've seen we've seen a certain film (laughs) with abs uh dorian you are decked out in more gear than i thought they made for aquaman so i'd like you to tell us make some of this yourself i wish i wish (laughs) i'm a i'm a i'm a dc show now guys but no i i really enjoyed the movie like this i saw it uh i saw it twice now so i was really able to, to sit back and really enjoy it the second time because the first time you're introduced into this new world of of atlantis for the first time like james Wan had to build that from scratch like get put his whole Im- like imagery into this so it was like you take that in the first time you're just fascinated by this beautiful world and so i was able to the second time i was really able just to sit back enjoy the beautiful world but focus more on the the characters the dialogue between them the actual storyline and that's when i was able to to really really enjoy the storyline because the first when you watch it the first time it might be a little bit overwhelming like there's two or three different storylines because they're setting up so many things because they have confidence in this franchise which they rightfully deserve to because i like overall knocked it out of the park in my opinion but um but yeah they <laughs> hey hey is that sort of our producer having problems with he did reality? Not, he, he, did not feel the, he did not feel the same way about so Aquaman. Is choking on seawater. Would you say he's uh, salty? Yeah, he's a little bit salty this right is now. Fascinating. As, as the neutral judge who's like, I don't want to know anything, but I am fascinated by all this array of reactions. <laughs> And like James, like you, for first of all, you got to give it up to James Wan. Forget what Roka says. Like he was tasked with so much stuff. For, first of all, you know DC, they've been getting a lot of hate or a lot of online stuff saying like, oh, it's too dark. This, oh, blah blah blah. That. So the people behind the scenes probably were like, hey, say it to my face, Dorian. Yeah, oh. <laughs> like it needs. To, we need a lighter tone. We need. We need a, a shift in direction. And so you accompany that with him having to build this massive myth, mythology around Atlantis and Aquaman. Is is Roka coming over? Here? <laughs> about to come up with, you, you, Tori you got the fear. You couple that. Hey. <laughs> Look, I'm all for shifts in tone, but make them organic and make them understandable and through line and connect. So don't forget what I said. Maybe take a listen and watch it and make your own mind up. <laughs> Especially anyway, by anyway, Salty Roka. <laughs> friendly reminder, Roka likes the Michael Bay Transformers movies. So, but, um, my take was that it... I like what you said about tone because it went from Jason Momoa's in Justice League, which had a very different tone, into Aquaman's tone, and it didn't feel like a different character. Momoa was able to effectively play. I love that they just let Jason Momoa go. Yeah. And like that turns into the Aquaman, but it works for the world of Atlantis that they've built here. 
It also reminded me of, like, I want Ryan Coogler to come back for Black Panther 2 because I wanted to explore his Wakanda more. This James Wan Atlantis is something I want to explore more, and I like that the world was so in-depth that it made me not just want another sequel, it made me want this director's vision going further, mm-hmm. which to me is a testament to good filmmaking. I'm like, more of this, not more in general. I also, I love the creature design. I love the third act. Uh, the way it escalates, I'm not going to give anything away. The way the film escalates, you're like, where can it possibly go? And then by the time you're in the third act, you're like, oh, here. And it's a lot. I also appreciate the actors landing some of the trickiest dialogue I've ever heard land. It's really hard. Like, I gave Michelle Williams credit because at one point she, in Venom, is like, I'm sorry about Venom. And I was like, what? And in this movie, there's a bunch of lines that shouldn't work. And then they've already breezed by you. And you come back, and you're like, did he just yell that and make it work? And it happens all the time. So it's, it's a testament to very good tennis ball acting. It's a testament to really good use of CGI. Because there's a lot of CGI. Yes. Most of it works. And to me, it's a testament of such good world building and such good character design. That no matter what you think of the film, you're going to be intrigued to go forward. And that's what you need for Aquaman. You need a new franchise. And I personally really liked the world. And the whole time, I was like overwhelmed so i can't wait to see it again yeah. so i i dug it it's, so yeah. you're excited to see it again I'm and it you again. are showing up if there's another one 100 percent. oh for sure this for sure good news. for sure and i gotta give it like nicole kidman she was she was probably one of my favorite characters she doesn't have as all right roca's giving me that <laughs> roca roca approves of that one yeah nicole, nicole, nicole and tomorrow were great all the acting was good across the board it wasn't the acting Black Manta surprised the hell out of me. Yeah. Uh, because that costume is like one of the hardest to translate maybe <laughs> ever. And it really worked. And every time he fought, you're like, this. And the the different styles of fighting, like the Atlanteans fight different than Black Manta fought, fought different than like, there's so many different dynamics to this film that when you break it down, the more I think about it, the more I liked it, which is always a good thing. So I, I definitely broke it down and enjoyed a lot of different pieces so much so that I'll be seeing it opening night and then I'll give another follow-up. And we're going to do a spoiler review uh, when the time comes. So we're not ruining anything for Mara, you now. like um not mara amber heard really surprised me as mara i because i haven't seen much of her her filmography but i really enjoyed what she did with the character she it felt like she just went all in didn't mm-hmm. didn't care about being looking silly or like feeling like stupid because she's a superhero or whatever like she went all in and i really appreciate that there were some she had some dope really dope scenes one i i would say like her introduction without spoiling it her introduction into the the movie sick it was it was, it was you know what I'm talking about. I and was- I also, much like the action franchises I enjoy, like James Bond and, yes, Fast and the Furious, uh, the Fast and the Furious franchise does a great thing where they move around the world so you never get a tone to, to land in a good way. Like, action scenes all felt very different because they moved locations. And I really liked, as this movie evolved, this is the world of the sea. It's going to take place all over the world. Like, the oceans cover most of this planet. It makes sense to move around. So I liked that a lot of the fight scenes felt different because you were in a wholly different setting. And I, and I think they played with the globe very well. And one thing that really separates this from other DC movies is it feels like a family movie. Like you could, I, I, I could take my my kid, my, not my kids. I don't have kids yet, but my, I could take my I could take my nieces or nephews to go see this. Like I, I, I wouldn't necessarily feel comfortable letting them see Batman versus Superman or, or or Man of Steel. You see, like breaking necks and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. I could definitely, I would take my my nieces and nephews to see this movie. It feels like an underwater fantasy for the whole family, in my opinion. And the jokes are geared towards all ages. The yes. jokes are very much like adults will get a different 
different layer to it and then kids will get the very like the blunt humor and then everything in between like there's a lot of comedy for all ages and i also think that they landed that uh that swashbuckling feel that is very hard to capture like a lot of movies try to be indiana jones and don't land it a lot of like sahara who saw sahara like Mm -hmm. it's really hard to get those movies right so i think this one really does and by the time and this gives nothing away because it's behind me by the time this moment happens you are so excited for this moment to happen and it's hard to capture a crescendo in a superhero film because by its very nature you need to open a superhero film big especially a superhero film that's building universe so it's so hard to build and build and build so when this happens you're just you're in it's it's probably my second it's probably if i had to rank the movie it's probably my second favorite uh dc movie right right above i mean right under wonder woman of this like generation yeah yeah and and uh, that's another thing it feel it it feels like a, a a phase one type if if thor if Thor, the first Thor, plus Black Panther, plus Ant-Man and the Wasp, like, had a baby together <laughs> in a Phase 1 movie, this is this is that movie, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I agree. The Phase 1 discovery. Uh, yes. the, the Phase 1, like, getting your legs under you, building your world, trying out comedy, trying out your actors. Like, all of those things are very complimentary. I'm not saying it's, it's past. I just think it, it's learning very quickly from a lot of these other films yep. and a lot of this other world since the superhero movies are so far along. It feels like a very advanced Phase 1 film. And I, I can't wait to see more. And I honestly, I, I think it's number two right now uh wonder woman as well than that but man of steel i saw six times in theaters i need to see this more so right now man of steel is number actually yeah no man of steel is number two right now Thank wonder you. woman man of steel <laughs> and then i'm gonna i'm gonna see this film over times because i loved man of steel in theaters i saw Roka is about to come and beat me up on camera <laughs> like the amount of head shaking he's doing behind the scenes right the glasses now. came yeah. off all that superman and went back out he's like oh man of steel. okay we're safe and we're I, fine. just to make sure like we're all ranking sort of man of steel forward right yes. yeah, yeah yeah i love man of steel. this mm-hmm. universe uh, uh, so in the world of DC, they're also killing it with a effective to me. It's a movie. It's a three hour film. Mm-hmm. So the Elseworld universe is so much fun. I <laughs> was laughing like belly laughing at midnight. Like I was worried about my neighbors because <laughs> the comedy in this is, is better than a lot of like theatrical comedies. The Ollie and Barry dynamic Bro. was so funny and the action and there's, there's a, uh, Easter eggs. We can just vaguely say there's Easter eggs, especially in the first episodes. Yo. Something happened that was my childhood that made me stand up and cheer. And uh, you know what it is when you see it, and it's real, real or hear it. I was just gonna ask you. Yep. Mm-hmm. And it's real good. It, so they had a lot of work to do in these this three part crossover that the CW just did. Their big uh, fall crossover. I, you know. Old school comic fan as I am, there is a point where Supergirl goes, this is starting to feel like an annual thing. And that is a callback to before there was a crisis on Infinite Earths, which was the major storyline in the 80s, um, where some of these characters that you might recognize come from. There was a thing called Crisis on Multiple Earths, uh, which was the yearly meetup of the two Earths. Uh, And it just, man... It is a beautiful, wonderful, rich DC tapestry spread out over three nights of like too much fun. Yeah, it was. It was. It was an, I had an awesome time. Just like you said, the the relationship between Barry and Oliver, just them switching places and them like really understanding. Like, like by the end of it, they really understand. Like they not that they like misjudge each other, but they're like, damn, I understand now how it is to be the Green Arrow or the mm-hmm. Flash. So they have like that that bond that that it pushes it closer together so i really enjoyed that and like you said it was just really funny overall they like probably one of the funniest of the all the series combines and and not to mention you said the that they had that oh it's the annual crossover thing if you watch the the legends have, did you watch legends of tomorrow episode oh not the- oh they cook it so they had their own little crossover as well and they're like wait you missed a call from oliver barry and Kara. it's like <laughs> oh it must be the it must be the yearly crossover or whatever it was it was amazing oh, that's great. it was awesome oh, i love that <laughs> 
I, I think the comedy is so hard to capture, but we're so invested in the characters because it's a long-form TV. And that's one of the merits, I think, of long-form versus movies is we have literal hours every year we get to spend with these characters, 20-plus hours a year. So by the time we have a crossover, we're 20 hours times X years invested. So it makes you love the Switch because you're so like, but that's not Barry, that's not Ollie. And the way the, the writing is done is so great. And seeing just the visual of seeing... Poor Stephen Amell just darting around is just, it's great. It landed for me. And I, I loved Lois Lane. I thought she was fantastic in this. I, um, her introduction and just the dynamic that she had with Superman, I thought they captured it perfectly. I would have loved a scene where um, her and her and Iris got to meet since they're both journalists, and, yeah. and, and that, I think that would have been cool. But I was surprised how much Superman is yeah. in this yeah. crossover. I, like... Didn't realize that like there was there's a lot, but like man, if if you have any love for that character in any version, you have to watch this crossover uh, because there is some stuff for you. And we got to give credit to, to Tyler Houchin. I think that's how you pronounce it. Houchin. Houchin. It, it's a hard name to Tyler. We're uh, sorry. I like both his Clark Kent and his Superman, and that's a very hard thing to land. I really think his meek, uh, you know, earnest Clark Kent plays very strongly. And then when he's Superman, it feels like a different person. And that's something that, like, historically doesn't always land. So I really appreciate, especially in this crossover, how they feel like different people. So, was, I, yeah, I dug it. And there was a, there was a, I don't, can we, I don't want to spoil anything, but there was a, a fan theory that was confirmed that, um, that, John John Diggle, he was your boy was a lantern on a different earth. So I, that that theory, I'm glad they finally confirmed that and gave the fans a little bit of gave, gave them a little tease, let let them know that anything's possible. Now well, and they did. They had so much fun with the possibilities, which is really what you want out of this. Like this is definitely like there's some like comic book logic that happens that you're just like yeah but it's classic comic book logic about how you know physics works um but that's sort of what we're all showing up for in a certain sense and just and they they managed to take those classic ideas and then add to it spins that you can only do in this like you know i'm again the comic book diehard so it takes a lot for me to be like you did a thing that works better on tv the role switch does things on television that you can't accomplish in the same way with art. And you know what? Like, it hurts me to say that. Um, <laughs> but it's, it's, it's incredible to watch because you have those possibilities, because you have instant visual communication, mm -hmm. because you have voice and delivery style. You can do things with, like, role swapping with this Elseworlds concept that are, like, unique to moving around on film. Yeah. Uh, and I love that. That's sort of... Like, that's, that's why we should do, like, that's the reason to adapt things, is if you can, like, find cool new stuff to do. That's awesome. Uh, if you can transcend the medium, I agree. Like, this is better than the, the original medium, and especially the case of well, the... Well, different. Different. It does different But things. the comedy would be better in, in this format. And the comedy landed better with, like, the Green Arrow uh, flash swap that, like, referenced something from four years ago. Yeah. That moment, like, that would have been a drawing that would have been like, that's funny. But in character, because of our investment, it was so there. Now, we have a special guest, but before that, yeah. the last thing I want to talk about is, for years, we couldn't mention much more than the name Bruce Wayne. So this, in the episode two, there's so much of the mythology that gets to come to play. And I personally, as a big Batman fan, really enjoyed going to Gotham and experiencing... I'm not going to give it away because it's amazing, but there is... Easter egg after Easter yes. egg for like a 20-minute scene that is just Batman. My goodness. And I got to give it, it up to Ruby so Rose. Much. I thought she was fan, uh, fantastic as Batwoman. I, I, I'm excited to see her series after this. I, I, was a little, I was a little nervous at first, but I thought she handled her own in this, in this uh, crossover special. I especially like her interactions with Melissa Benoist. Yes. Like you, you, ha you, you have to give us more of that. And she and said two words that comic fans are going to love in that scene. <laughs> she 
Also, like, I, I liked her in the costume and moving around in the action stuff. It worked really, really well. I'd mm -hmm. love more time to sort of get, like, to spend more time with her as Kate Kane. Right. Like, um, but that's what they have a whole show to develop and to do and, and to get us all on board with. And I'm, I'm, like, that needs to happen. I know they said it is happening, but, like, I need a date. I need to know that it's coming. I need to see photos. I need options. It's an interesting, like, the ways that it develops the mythology of the Arrow and Flash Earth mm -hmm. are really interesting. It's going to have tons of, of consequences. There's fantastic stuff that happens at the end of the third episode that I just don't, I can't get into because it would, like, it just happened. Some of y'all might not have seen it yet, and I'd feel too bad. But, like, boy, there is a whole lot of exciting future to look forward to. <laughs> and what is a show with that, about a bunch of superheroes without an amazing supervillain? And speaking of which, we welcome to the show LaMonica Garrett. Welcome, man. Hey, how you guys doing? Doing well. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah, thanks for bringing me on. So Monitor is a hell of a character. That's, yeah, that's he's some a piece big of work, shoes. isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> so the mutton shops. Yeah. <laughs> what, was, what was the process for you when you first got the script, uh, deciding the physicality of the character? Like when they were developing the costume, when we were developing the look, going through all that process? Well, the mutton shops, first off, I had, I had a beard already, and uh, Mark Guggenheim met me at the barbershop down in L.A. so they could, he could be there with him and telling them exactly how you know, he wanted him to cut it. So the barber, he, you know, he did his edge-up stuff, and he's like, you know, all right, so what are we doing now? And Mark's like, yeah, cut the mustache. Like, the mustache? <laughs> He's like, yeah, yeah, cut the mustache. And it was like, you sure? And he cut part of it. And he's like, you sure? He's like, we kept going. And he's like, all right, now the beard. And it kept going around. And he was like, you sure you want this? Like, it's for a purpose. It's for a purpose. The barber was just trying to help you out. Yeah, he was like, I, I can't take it back. You know, like, this is, this is permanent. I was like, yeah, man, we're, we're doing this for, for a pretty good reason. That's a good barber to watch yeah, out yeah. for your back. <laughs> But it, it looks spectacular. Like, the, the look came together while you inhabited this character so well. Can you talk a little bit about, like, what was the journey to the monitor? I, um, well, I found out my character wasn't coming back on Designated Survivor. And, you know, it was about a week and a half, and I was kind of, you know, I was bummed out a little bit. Got a call from David Rappaport to my, uh, my reps, my agent. They hauled me up, and they said that um, there was a new role coming around. And I've been in that office for the past, like, seven years, you know? And, um, I, you know, I got close to stuff, but I never really, nothing's really hammered home. And when this came around, I was like, wow, like, this is kind of, this is when you don't get all the other roles, you kind of know why in this moment when you get this one. You're you like, know, when, oh, I would have been busy and that would have been a tragedy. Yeah. You know, so, but you know, I would like, there were smaller roles in the, in the DC universe over the past seven years. And I think waiting for this one, not because I chose the wait, but just that's the way the universe works. I'm glad I'm playing the monitor, you know, opposed to the other roles. And the monitor, of course, famously introduced in one of the the most one of the most famous comic book storylines of all time. Yeah. Uh, the original creators, Marv Wolfman and George Perez, I, I think Marv Wolfman officially chimed in on just how surreal it was to see like their creation so beautifully and faithfully coming to life. Yeah. Do do you have like a background with the material, or do did you just nail it because you're awesome? No, I I was familiar with Crisis anyway. I, I'm a comic book fan. I grew <laughs> up reading you know all my my favorites, but um, I went back and reread Crisis, and I tried to do some research on on the Monitor beforehand, but there wasn't a lot of material. You know, he was he was kicking around here and there. He was in the shadows. He was a weapons dealer. He did stuff, but he never really you know came to be that big picture until Crisis on Infinite Earths. So I studied other characters, other villains. I studied some, um, some dark side. I studied the Guardians from, you know, Oa. That was the world he was in, Krona. Mm -hmm. So I, you know, try, try to get familiar with where he came from more so and then just put 
the energy into the character. What do you want and what's going to happen if you don't get it? And that sets forth, you know, the engine. So as a comic fan, walking onto a set with the most DC characters assembled, what was that like and separating that from your actor brain going like, got to go to work, there's Flash. That was intimidating. It was intimidating. The actors, you've, you've watched them over the years, and they, you know, they're all the leads of their specific shows, so that was that in itself. Yeah. And then you get past the actors, and then you look at the logos on the chest, and you look at the hood, and you look at 90s Flash with you know, oh. Wesley. Sh- you know, it's like... This is kind of a moment where, as a kid, I'd be on the side with popcorn, like, what's about to happen? <laughs> They're about to go to battle. And, you know, growing up, in my head, I was always the one, like, um, I'm going to be fighting alongside those guys <laughs> against someone. But now I'm on the other side, and, you know, it was a surreal moment. But you check in, and you, you know, you do what you do. That costume itself, uh, putting that on the first time, like, the moment I saw it in previs and, like, the moment I saw the, the promo stills, I was really struck by how much they, like, trusted comic fans. Yeah. And that's one thing I really like about DCTV is they don't shy away from the comicness of this world. Yeah. And with a three-hour special like this, to me, this the suit embodied, like, yeah, we're going to make a three-hour special. We're going to do Elseworlds. You're going to live with it. Uh, what was it like putting that on for the first time? I got a little choked up. I got a little choked up when I saw it, um, you know, in a mirror, you know, we were getting dressed. It was all pieces. I would fly up to Vancouver. They got part of it ready, and then they had to work on it, and I'd fly back home and fly back, and we had this ready now, and it was all in layers. So when I finally got it all on, and, I, you know, it was about nine, ten people in the room, producers, DC reps, and everyone was like, oh, you know, their eyes were big as, I'm like, what, what? I, you know, I, I want to see it. My hair was in, the chops were going, and it was the first time I looked, and it was spot on to what the monitor was in crisis, and it... it it choked me up a little bit. It did. That's beautiful. Yeah. Were there any big surprises in the, the filming of, of this three-part crossover, like for you as a performer? Uh, no, no, I wouldn't say surprises. I just, um, not to say I knew what to expect, because you go into each, in, each situation with the unknown, and that's part of where I get, you know, where it's fun being an actor, because that's where life is. You know, you don't know what's on the other side of that stone. But, um, yeah, I wouldn't say that I... Not really known, but um, it was just fun experiencing all this in this world because I'm, I'm new to the whole, you know, comic book genre. There's three different shows, effectively, that form this one show. Were yeah. there different styles on each set, or was it? did it feel more like a three-hour movie, or did it feel like three different sections while we were filming and going through the process? It felt like three different sets. Yeah. It felt like, you know, the energy, different people, different vibes. Some sets are... I want to say um, lighthearted. They're all, the cast and crews were all, you know, intimate and they were great and they were, you know, inviting and warm. But just, um, just you could tell this is a flash set. You know, you could tell this is Supergirl. You could tell this was Arrow. And I'm, I, was, I knew some of the actors on some of the shows. So when you get there yeah. and you know people, you're like, yo, what up? And then you get there to, you know, like on, what was it, Flash. And I didn't really know anyone on Flash. And you're like the new kid in school, you know, you're sitting down, you got your lunch here, and you're like, all right, where, where do I go, you know? So it was just not so much um, the sets were different, but I was familiar with some of the people on other sets, so yeah. it felt like, you know, more, more, more homely, more inviting. Have you seen, I mean, I'm assuming you've seen it all, what was it like watching as a comic fan? For me, the entire... The second episode, without giving too much away, the the, the bat stuff. Uh, yeah. Watching that in this universe that's been so established and so built, how is it to know you're a part of such a piece of history with DC Comics? I was geeking out when we when I first went to Arkham Asylum and we were shooting inside, <laughs> yeah. you know, Doctor Deegan's office. I had that moment of awe. Just you know, there were vans going back and forth, Arkham Asylum. 
the license plates, Gotham, like this is really happening. <laughs> you know, like this, we're right in the pages of the books right now. And it was, and then going in Deegan's office, that was exactly how that office should look. You know, like the the mask laying around and the paraphernalia, like it. They did a great job, the the set decorators and everybody. But it was it was surreal just being in Gotham. And when you bring in a new um, a new superhero like a Batwoman you bring her villains with you. Mm-hmm. So that opens up a whole new world of villains that we weren't familiar with. You know, we are familiar with growing up in the comic books, but now you get to see it, you know, live action play out. So that's the fun part of that as well. Yeah, it felt like a DLC to me. Like, I felt like we were, like, been playing in the world, and all of a sudden it was like, there's a Expansion. whole, look over there. Like, you unlock the code, and like, <laughs> yeah. oh, wow, I got a whole new thing to play with. I and found Arkham, and yeah. look at that name, and that name, and that name. Yeah, yeah, that's so, exactly how it felt. Is yeah. there anything for you that you want to do now that you've dove into this comic world, and you've got your, you've got a great experience on TV and in film, and, like, you did my buddy Dylan's uh, XOXO, which was, was Oh, fun yeah, 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 that was a fun time. Yeah. So you've got this crazy palette. Is there anything you haven't done that you as an actor want to do? Uh, I'd love to tackle something like a um, like a J- Jason Bourne kind of thing. Yeah. Ooh. You know, like one of those kind of characters that just, yeah, I mean, just it, it speaks for itself. Just, you know, you're in a different, a different world, not like comic book world, but like you're in a different country and espionage and, you know, spies and all that kind of stuff. I'd love something, something like that where the weight's on my shoulders to get something done, sense of urgency. What's going to happen if you don't get it? You know, like going after it. And I love those questions that you're focusing on. For you, like, we've casually described the monitor as potentially the villain of the piece. From your perspective, uh, what, did, did he get what he needed? Yeah. Well, have we seen the third episode yet? Uh, we're going to be Spoiler vague, alert. So just. Yeah. He did get what he needed by the third episode, and it, we'll see where it goes from there. But he. Um, yeah, and he was that you know that mysterious kind of being. He didn't throughout the the crossover. People was like, "Wait, he's the villain." No, wait, I like this guy. <laughs> no, wait, is he a good guy doing? But like, what's you know? And keeping that mystery around him was something that I really strive for, and it I achieved it. I think throughout you, you know the three episodes, <laughs> it was it worked really well. It doesn't feel like three separate pieces. Yeah, it feels like you are like driving through in a very consistent way um and and i again i know it's just last night and i don't want to i know i'm like trying to dance around like the third thing that happened at the end with the awesome yeah yeah but uh would you would you say excited for the future i would say i'm excited for the future we'll see what the future holds but i i got a good idea about what's going to happen <laughs> My final question for you, tying to that, but still vaguely, with all of the research you did about the world, I love that you said you researched the Guardians. I love that you, like, you effectively built, like, a a family story, like, you know, acting, going forward to the character that didn't have it as established in the comic. Are those pieces, did they come to play in all three episodes like you'd want them to? Like, were there things you pulled out that you hadn't realized would be useful? There was, and every time, if there's, if you look, if you're researching a character and what you can't find, if it's not there, if it's not familiar... And you put something in its place. It doesn't say it's right or wrong. It's just something to help feed your energy. Yeah, substitution. Toward, yeah, my substitution for that character. So I think it played out well. And there was a couple of times where what would this guy do in this situation? The research that I put into it, it, it helped with the energy and you know, the flow of the character. Well, I'm very excited for next fall. Uh, I will not discuss what next fall is, but you need to watch all three of these so we can talk about it further. Uh, dude, congrats on all of this, and I'm glad it worked out that uh, after the years of waiting, a monitor happened at you, because yeah. now we have so much more to go. Oh, yeah, this is going to be a fun one. You're so, playing a character with the at the front. That's got to be like, it's the monitor. Well, it's, well, 
people are um, the producer and some of the makeup department started La Monitor. <laughs> but, you know, off the play off my name, I'm yes. like, I might have to trademark that. That's, that's sticking right now. Okay, you know? now like, we need Elseworlds that's just you getting called as La Monitor. La Monitor. DC, make it happen. Make it happen. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for bringing me on. Appreciate up. it, man. Thank you so much. Yeah, and we'll no talk once, uh, once we can talk about it more. We'll have you back on to talk about La Monitor. I'd love to come back. <laughs> Appreciate it, man. All right, man. <laughs> So, back to the world of smaller news. Now that we've had so much big news happen this week, a three-hour movie, a brand-new Aquaman, a brand-new in-game trailer. The world is crazy, but we... And just, personally, I get to live in a world where the person playing the monitor is an old-school comics fan who appreciates it, and that's just, like, a treat. La monitor. La monitor. Oh, yes. I'm, 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 I'm a happy person. Yeah, I love that he loves comics, because that's, that's how it should be. That's how I want it to be as often as possible. Yep. Uh, so, more comic news happened. <laughs> We've got some minor mutations to get into. <sighs> and so on this week's minor mutations, they were dropping until the last second. We all kind of assumed that this would happen, but we have the official, for sure, it is happening, Doctor Strange 2 As with Scott Scott's. Derrickson. Yeah! And uh. we also have, in the world, Black Panther was nominated for many awards that could lead to many Goldman shiny awards named Oscar. That is my hope. But for now, Golden Globes are happening. Yeah, Golden Globe nom for best drama. Not an easy category to crack into. And Into the Spider-Verse got a nod for animation, so we will talk about that because, Switch. boy, we are lucky, lucky comic book fans. Uh, and, yep, I wrote this one. Spider-Man, very far <laughs> from home. The trailer debuted, but we don't get to see it yet because you had to be in Brazil to see it. So we're all going to work on learning Portuguese so that next time this happens, we are prepared. Learning now. Uh, we also have my favorite Disney, a uh, Disney DC announcement. See, Disney Shield plugged in. DC <laughs> announcement to date. Plastic Man is getting a movie and a writer is attached. Amanda Adaiko. I, Plastic Man is my boy. Where I'm so been? excited. I need make good on this one. Do it. Uh, Brian K. Vaughn, one of my favorite writers of all time, absolute legend, uh, is actually attached to Legendary. He signed an overall deal to adapt and uh, some of his work and make original stuff for film and television. It's a giant, very vague deal. Um, Legendary just signed a deal with Jeff Lemire, full disclosure. I also work for a separate branch of them, but I don't get to hear about stuff like this till it hits the news, and I'm very excited uh, because Brian K. Vaughn is a huge deal, and if you haven't learned that name yet, memorize it now. You know his work. You do. Birds of Prey has added another villain, and it is Victor Zazaz, as played by the incredible Chris Messina. I am very excited for this movie, and I love this casting choice. And we have a trailer for Umbrella Academy, our weird indie Grant Morrison-esque uh, superhero series by Gabriel Ba and uh, Gerard Way, which is coming to Netflix. Looks friggin' rad. I love that trailer. Mm -hmm. uh, we also have unfortunate news as, by news way of a quote, it's a side quote, but... Amy Adams thinks that she has done playing Lois Lane, which to me reads truer than ever about the no more Henry Cavill as Superman and as a diehard Cavill as Superman fan. I am very bummed about this news, and we'll dive into that. The universe giveth Lois, the universe taketh Lois away. <laughs> uh, we also got an interesting trailer this week. For a uh, comics-adjacent kind of thing, a movie produced by James Gunn called Brightburn that looks like a horror Superman? Tied that into the Superman there. You see how we lost Superman? We got a little evil Superman. Uh, we also, this news, I wanted to just see Amy's face. I just wanted to talk about this with Amy specifically. NASA 
tweeted at Marvel giving some helpful advice about how to rescue Tony Stark this week because NASA knows what's up. Yeah, and Marvel was like, any help you can provide, we'd really appreciate it. Uh, and, oh man, take the last one. Okay, guys, Nickelback, <laughs> as defended by Deadpool, this promo is just shot for the promo's sake, and it includes Fred Savage and Deadpool singing Nickelback. It's in a trailer. That's not a spoiler. Watch it. It is cinema gold. Um, I'm actually going to start there because I, <laughs> I am mad at how much they are making me love Deadpool. We did it. We did it, guys. Y'all know me. To turn Deadpool into the guy who will call you on your, like, edgelord, I hate this because it's popular to hate it. And he's like, but is that what's really in your heart? (laughs) And it's like, how did you do this? How did you make Deadpool the patron saint of, like, it's okay to love what you love. Don't crap on things because other people are crapping on them and it seems cool. It's like, did he design it for me? What is happening? Are you saying a character that gets crapped on for being too cool and edgy is defending things that get crapped on for being cool and edgy and that it somehow affected your feeling on that? You know 90s Deadpool uh, took a journey to get to this place. You You know there was... Are you saying Deadpool's so meta that he was able to accomplish the very act he was trying to set out to do with another 90s reference thing and make you feel the way that he feels about that character in a mere one-minute trailer? Is that what you're saying the power of Deadpool has done? It is. It's a great trailer. I if you yeah. this. It's a great trailer. If you, you guys haven't it. seen it, it, it's what they're doing at the promos is a lot like the first film where they shot things specifically for the movie. You may remember a giant chimichanga that didn't make the cut of Deadpool one. You may remember an Australia Day promo. These things are being shot specifically for you. So if you're not going to see Once Upon a Deadpool, this is something that'll make you want to see Once Upon a Deadpool. Really though, like because I'm, I'm I'm always rooting for comic book movies, and I, of course was going to go to the theaters to see it, but I was little not hesitant, like not urgent, like it didn't need to. Be be done as soon as the, the premiere but since they've been pu- pushing this marketing all the like from this trailer just all the marketing for this they are i gotta give it up to the deadpool marketing team man they <laughs> know what they're doing i hope like they stay on once the disney fox merger because they've just been killing it it's it's so much it's so fun so unique and original it's just like damn all right you got me i'm gonna go see this damn movie the first night he comes out and of course the trailer reminds us of the the most important and coolest thing about this which is that they are making a massive donation to a cancer fighting mm-hmm. organization uh, or it will be massive if we all show up and see the movie because they are donating. I mean, you know, just like you could donate anyway, but yeah. you could also go see the movie and they will send a dollar to this organization. And I think that's amazing. And this is a pre-plug for something we're going to show you in a minute, but I got to talk with Rob Liefeld. And we actually talked about why cancer influences so much of the Deadpool mythos and how this ties beautifully into the character. And that is something that I really enjoyed in that conversation we had, which you can watch on Collider Heroes podcast live. But uh, it, I think it's really important to the character. And I'm glad that that's happening, that conversation and that charity. That's an amazing thing. Yeah. So fudge cancer and go see Deadpool. What other you're you're the guest this week? What minor mutation calls to you, sir? Um, I think I'm going to talk about the the Black Panther and Into the Spider Verse getting Golden Globe nominations. Yes! That's amazing, bro! Like that's incredible. That's they're making history. That's I'm so excited for this. Just because, regardless of how you feel about Black Panther, I thought it was one of the best movies of the year. And for it, a comic book movie to get a Golden Globe Golden Globe nomination in the drama category, that's outstanding in its own right. So I don't care if you think it's overrated or not. Like you got to give it up. That's that's incredible i i'm so thrilled by this development like the golden globes have a mixed reputation because there's a lot of sort of weirdness that can accompany them but like i'm always gonna stand up and celebrate when something like this gets like into a category like this gets taken (laughs) seriously enough for someone to be like you know what it was incredibly difficult to pull off what you pulled off 
and you deserve some attention for how incredible that accomplishment is. Uh, so yeah, I was real thrilled about and then, that. And, and then seeing Into the Spider Verse. Yeah. Oh man, that, Which, that it's not even out yet. Yeah, so, exactly, bro. I, I mean, and we're still not getting into spoilers, but you got to see this movie ages ago. And, right. And I've, I've seen it three times now. Oh my That's, gosh. I, I, I love this movie, man. It is so good. It, and Koi can agree with me. Like, if you're a Spider-Man fan, this is a, a love letter to you. It's also a love letter to New York. But the way they captured Miles Morales and never forgot, like, it's, this is his movie. He's going to be the hero of this. He's going to save the day. That that really just it warmed my heart. I love the movie so much. And for it to get nominated, it's, it's, it's been not just the Golden Globes, but I think the Annies, and, and it's it's one of the front runners for the Oscars. So just it deserves so much. And I would love to see this go take all the awards because I honestly think it deserves this. And there was a and a We had a and a with the with the, the, the directors and, and Phil and Lord, and they just the passion they had just talking about working and collaborating with each other to bring this to life. It just it's something special and I think everybody should see it. I had a really good time at that Q&A because yeah. I had already seen the movie twice. I was already in love with the movie and then I was able to ask them like was the thing that I caught what influenced you and vice versa and they love Spider-Man like you wouldn't believe. They had a rapid answer for every question. Yes, that is Sienkiewicz's Kingpin. Yes, that is Ultimate Spider-Man's Green Goblin. Yes, all those choices were intentional and yes, they invented a hodgepodge of Scorpion because they could. They literally were like, oh yeah, that references that cover. That references that moment. That And their, their brains were just... you'll notice the second you see it. It's yeah. made with so much love and deep detail but without ever sacrificing doing a thing that you could walk into without knowing anything and you will fall in love with Miles Morales and you will fall in love with Spider-Man and like I'm okay I honestly wouldn't be mad if both Panther and Spider-Verse are in the best pick run like I mean, incredible I mean, honestly it re- realistically though and and another thing I want to uh, touch on that you just said is just like they did it so well to explain all of the into the Spider-Verse and all these different realities and stuff like that a little kid would watch that and, and be able to follow along and, and grasp the concepts because they did that so well because it, it there's it could have been confusing as hell like, like you know it, it, it could have been confusing but they did an amazing job of making it work for all levels like everybody's going to love this movie and like the kids themselves like this for a lot of these kids this is going to be their first peter i'm not first this is going to be their spider-man this is going to be their this is what they're going to know first and then uh, then branch off into other shit so just that alone just is so incredible i'm 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 I'm, i love it man i plan to talk about this every week for the rest of our lives that Uh, ain't agent shield we're gonna do it always thinks it in we're gonna do a full spider-verse spoiler review when the film comes out so you'll hear more of our thoughts in depth then in the meantime a golden globe nomination is huge that is no small award that is no small conversation and if nothing else that is a giant societal stamp of approval for comic book films because it is high time we take these movies as serious they're taking them on set these movies are made as a high art form they are not just for kids bill maher they are for everyone and it's really important that we take these movies as to heart as the heart they give us like it's, the moral compass of these films is so important so I this will, is huge um counterpoint Corey's right about all of that but like just a, a word of comfort if it doesn't happen if like because we thought we were there before return of the king got nominated and we were like finally people understand that genre is not the same as quality um we've like don't let them break your heart be like peggy carter in season one of her show you know your value we know the movies are good I will do all of the celebratory dances uh, if they are basically taken as seriously despite not being realistic strictly. Like, there are other forms of storytelling than social realism. I love social realism. I'll talk about the doll's house all day long. But there are other stories to tell, and some of them 
deserve your award support. But even if they don't get it, we'll know. We'll know they were exceptional. Now, there's a minor mutation I want to talk about. And uh, to all the people that don't like me talking fast, I apologize for this episode. There have been four <laughs> days worth of news. We could have done 15 episodes about today's news. It is so much. But one of those things is the lack of Far From Home trailer. We have read the breakdown. Uh, our I own, didn't. I don't want to know until the trailer comes out. Our own Frosty was there. Uh, and he, he saw the experience and heard some of it. Uh, I really like that the trailer paints a picture of, and this is a mild spoiler, I'm sorry since you haven't read it, of Mysterio on the side of Spider-Man, a la the original push of the Ditko Mysterio where he was a hero. And I also think it's brilliant casting because Jake Gyllenhaal was going to be Spider-Man when Tobey Maguire hurt his back for Seabiscuit. We almost had oh. a Jake Gyllenhaal Spider-Man for Spider-Man 2. Jake Gyllenhaal is my Spider-Man. I've always said he's my favorite fan casting. I've always wanted Jake Gyllenhaal Spider-Man. I think J. Michael Straczynski, that run of Spider-Man with Jake Gyllenhaal would be the best Spider-Man we'd ever get. Now, through the power of cinema, through the power of this writing, we get a Mysterio that is effectively playing alongside Spider-Man, and that gives us an entirely new type of villain. In the first movie, we had the parental villain to the kid. Now, in the second movie, as the world grows up in every good coming-of-age film, you also have the Big Brother archetype. Not every good, but another good archetype is the Big Brother type. So now, with a young Peter Parker, you can play with the Big Brother, which is Jake Gyllenhaal, which is my Spider-Man. So they've retroactively given me a Big Brother to Spider-Man. That is Spider-Man. And... They're doing it with Mysterio. So Jake Gyllenhaal and Tom Holland seem to have a great relationship. They got Tom Holland and Jake Gyllenhaal to be on Instagram together. They're adorable. Uh, Jake Gyllenhaal is going to kill it, and it means he gets to play a character like the one I've always wanted him to. So I haven't seen the trailer, but I couldn't be more excited just from that one little smidgen effect. Tell me how you really feel, Coy. Love we're all in comas, and we're imagining but the golden age of superhero movies. I, thing, let's just face it. One thing I do want to point out is they're, they're on a, uh, in the trailer breakdown, it says they're on a, a class trip to Venice. I just want to know what school... Was taking their kids to, to Venice like that. I'm like, I, what, what was this when I was in high school, man? We like, were in the wrong school. Yeah, like, come on now. I want to go to Because Yankees in the movie, so they retroactively went to that private school from Miles' universe, and they can afford it. That's the True. truth. Yeah, okay. They're yeah. meshing world. There's that money. There's that money, man. So I think Mysterio is going to surprise people. I'm really excited to see the costume. I haven't seen this trailer, but I know we see Mysterio in it, so I'm really stoked. It, and if you want to talk to me about Jake Gyllenhaal, Spider Man, tweet me because all day. All it should day. be coming out like within the next couple weeks or so. I mean, if you're going to debut it at Brazil Comic Con, there's no reason why you don't. Like, come on now, come on, <laughs> Marvel, please drop it, drop it tomorrow, drop it within the next week or so because your boy's thirsty for it. I mean, I'm a little glad that we didn't get the Captain Marvel, Avengers, and uh, uh, Spider Man trailers in the course of like three days because our heads would have exploded. It would have been uh. Captain Marvel, Endgame, home. I mean, far from home. Just come on, Marvel, you could have knocked out a part three. three so your three. team make our heads explode. Yeah, I'm, and I'm, I'm, I'm team, team. I need to live. <laughs> I'm team. We can't talk about all the news this week. Oh! And speaking of not talking about all the news this week, we had an amazing interview developed for us with Rob Liefeld for Once Upon a Deadpool. And that happened this week. And we have a little clip for you. And you guys can watch it. Totally separate video. But here's a bit of our conversation. It involves comics and a pull list. His pull list. I, my dream, too, are Spider-Man Deadpool in the first arc of Spider-Man Deadpool, that the, the very beginning when McGinnis was on art. Oh, yeah, uh, great. That arc where they, they had a dirty dancing as yes, the climax of the yes. brilliant, or the good, the bad, and the ugly, which is Cap, Wolverine, and Deadpool in Korea. Yeah, that's great. It's, it's oh, without Hugh, I don't know. I, you know, know what I mean? Like, know, if yeah, they bring yeah, in a new yeah, yeah. Wolverine, no, that, those are my two. That's the best storyline of, like, the last 10 years, the good, the bad, the ugly. That's, that's the best one. That's the one I send people to, and they yeah. ask me, because yeah, on no, the internet, people ask is, me about Deadpool. I send them that way. Best best combo, story arc characters. It's great. It's a great one. That's uh, And then I'll, and I'll wrap it up with my fantasy, um, and Cullen Bunn would be very excited over this. <laughs> but I have gone, what if they just all go, 
Marvel just goes, okay, guys, we're doing this once. We're, it's a two-hour extravaganza. We're going to do Deadpool kills the Marvel <laughs> Universe. We're going to do it, and then we need all of you to be in this movie. That means you, Chris Evans. That means you. That means you. Just, just do and just say we're just adapting the graphic novel, and give because um, I know for a fact that is the best-selling for all for all the good reasons. Mm-hmm. That's the best-selling Deadpool of probably the last ten years. Um, and you, I mean, who doesn't line up around the street to see that, right? Yeah, I mean, it's a two billion dollar movie that would make all the money. I have been so indulgent with Deadpool today. I apologize, but we're here to. Um, That's what we're, to, we're talking to, about. Once upon, yes, once upon, man. It's it's uh, it's 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 worth checking out. Uh, you'll you'll be, you'll be blown away. I I was very skeptical. Let's face it. You definitely need to see what happens when we let Koi sit down for an hour with <laughs> Rob Liefeld. That was like destiny guided you to that place, and I'm very excited. Not just that. My favorite two arcs of Deadpool are his favorite two current arcs of Deadpool. Not yeah. like I got to talk to the man that invented my favorite hero about his favorite comics, and we shared them, so my brain was just like, oh. And that was near the end of our interview. That was, that was 50 minutes in, so we had already dove into the world, and he talks a lot about Once Upon a Deadpool and how it influenced him uh check it out i'm really proud of that interview i think it went very very well and we want to do more stuff like that uh we have our own pull list this week indeed we do some comics we are very excited to read this week starting with in one of those rare wow this makes sense creatively this makes sense from a marketing perspective and you completely nailed the timing comic book companies don't always pull this off but it is miles morales spider-man number one fantastic new creative team hopping on this book Dropping just in time for you to be completely obsessed with Miles Morales. If you aren't already, welcome. Join us. Start here. As a big Scott Snyder fan, I was very excited to see this was finally time. <laughs> Batman Who Laughs, number one. If you like if you like Dark Knight Metal, this is the spinoff from it. It's going to be metal as hell. It's going to be crazy. I cannot wait to see this Joker, man. And you know there was no reason, no way I was leaving this off the list. This week is the Fantastic Four wedding special. Ben and Alicia tie in the knot. That cover, instantly iconic. Comic book wedding covers are like a whole thing. Um, there are many delightful ones. I'm so thrilled to sit down with this, and I'm sure that everything goes super smoothly because it's a comic book wedding, and it always does. Three pages. That's all they need. <laughs> uh, Peter Parker, Spectacular Spider-Man number 311 is a new creative team, new arc. It's a good jump on point i'm really loving this book it is a very different take on spider-man it feels like the 60s and 70s so it's a very different same take but it's fun uh it's a classic storyline and i'm really digging this run in general so check out peter parker spectacular and i have to come back to wonder woman number 60 this is the third issue in the new run of wonder woman it picked up at 58 so 58 59 60 g willow wilson is writing it she is a genius i have been singing her praises for many years if you've read ms marvel you know her work if you've read a vertigo book called air you know her work she's amazing with character she's amazing with mythology uh you were looking at a variant cover there just because i think that variant is rad (laughs) but there's two covers out there it doesn't matter which one you get it's the same awesome book inside so it is a great week in comics. There were ones we couldn't even fit on our top five. Like, there's so much this week. Quickly, in a minute, what is your most excited look of the week? Okay, of course, Miles Morales. Come on now. Come on. I'm, I've actually been reading uh, the, the book that by Jason Reynolds. This is actually the first time I've started reading a book since, like, Oh, the press high books school. they did. Yeah. I yeah, heard it, that was good. Yeah, I, I'm, like, one chapter in. I've, I love it so far. But, yes, it's it's my new thing. I'm, I've decided to start reading, and it, the only thing I'm reading is going to be about superheroes. But, yeah, I haven't picked up <laughs> (laughs) a book in uh, quite a few years, 
but yeah, that's that's my new thing. And I've also been using uh, the DC Universe app just to to read up on the the new Fifty Two Aquaman stuff, just so I can prepare more for Aquaman when it does release. So because that's where they're that's where they're using the that's the story they're using for this new Aquaman movie. So got uh, been doing a little bit of that, but yeah, not it's not even a, a paid programming, but the DC Universe comic book mm-hmm. that the the comic book thing that's dope as hell. Like it's inspired. It's, it's unrealistic to have it on the TV. Like if you have a smart TV, you can use the DC Universe app. It's hard reading the comics like that, but when you have it on your phone, it's convenient as hell. That's an awesome plug. Read more comics. <laughs> I love that the streaming service is doing that. Yeah. I really hope uh, spoilers when well, like not spoilers, but like life questions when the Warner streaming stuff happens next year, they had better find a way not to capsize that thing because there's too much good stuff going on there. And speaking of too much good stuff, this week was so much. If you want to talk to us about any of the minor rotations we get and didn't get to, feel free to tweet <laughs> us. There was so much to happen. I didn't get to talk about Plastic Man, but I will next week. Uh, this has been a dense week, and there was so much good stuff. We could have done an Endgame for an hour or Aquaman for an hour. Like, <laughs> so we are sweaty. <laughs> And as always, we ask you, stay Stay sweaty. sweaty. Does anybody want breakfast? Guys, let's go. I'm leaving for McDonald's in five seconds. The Breakfast Stampede Meal. It's only at McDonald's, where there's a meal for every morning. And nothing says morning like a classic sausage McMuffin with egg. Right now, get this all-time favorite for just two bucks on the one, two, three dollar menu. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Give the gift of choice this season with multi-store cards at giftcards.com. With multi-store cards, treat them to dinner, movies, or shopping on one convenient card. Featuring all your favorites like Macy's, Alta, and Lululemon. It's a great gift card everyone will love. For last-minute gifting, choose the Happy Holidays or Holiday Favorites e-gift, delivered straight to their inbox. Purchase multi-store cards today at www.giftcards.com slash multi-store.